0: Hi, I'm Greg from Omaha. I'm Michael from Baltimore. Hey, I'm Dave from Portland, Oregon. The Sound of Young America is produced independently and supported by listeners like you and me. If you'd like to support the show like I did, just visit maximumfundorg slash donate. I'm Jesse Thorne. Live on tape from my house in Los Angeles, it's The Sound of Young America from maximumfund.org and PRI, Public Radio International. Hey,
1: it's the Sound of Young America. I'm Janet Varney filling in for Papa Jesse Thorne. My guest is Danny Pudi. He's an actor whose numerous television appearances include ER, The West Wing, and Gilmore Girls, but I'm guessing you probably know him best for his role as Abed on NBC's Community. That show follows an ensemble cast at a local community college. Now, some of his best moments on the show are the tags that he does at the end uh, with his co-star Donald Glover. Now, in this one that you're about to hear, they put on a rather bizarre fake morning talk show, and you'll hear Joel McHale as their guest.
0: really appreciate you doing this, Sure. And three, two, one. Troy and i been in the morning and we're back. Look who's here. Jeff Winger. Jeff, how do you stay so fit? Uh, diet, exercise, genetics. <laughs> oh. Oh. Sure, sure. Okay, so it seems as though we have a clip. You want to set it up for us? Mm. Uh, I'd like to, but I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, we'll just roll it. Ooh, my name's Jeff Winger. Ooh. Hey, I'm Jeff Winger. I'm so tall. Ah, this watch is expensive. Muscles are everywhere. Oh, that was really funny. Guys, what's going on? Where are the cameras? Oh, we're not filming this. No, who'd want to watch this? Oh, guys, it's 6 a.m. Jeez. We're not gonna have him back. Good morning, America. Good morning, Janet Varney.
1: I don't think you can say "Good Morning America." I think there, we might be sued. You're I think right. There's an actual "Good program. Morning cool.
0: United States of America." It's good. It's
1: very presidential.
0: Nice adjustment, right? Are I you feel, thinking
1: about running for office? You know,
0: there was a time when I did think about that, but then my mom saw some uh, videos and bits I did, and she was like, "Don't worry, you'll never be president."
1: That's a good impression of your mom. <laughs> I've never met your mom everybody and I think everybody I've talked to feels the same way about this pilot is it's one of those pilots that feels like oh it's already a show that's been on the air for two years like everybody was so comfortable the rapport was so great
0: yeah I think that you know when I read the pilot that was my first like take from it I was I was literally trembling because I saw everything so clearly and that's so rare I think when you read a first script of a pilot because it's sort of like a best hits you know you take your a bunch of bits, you take a bunch of characters and a bunch of jokes, and you sh- you're supposed to really show a network and everyone, a viewer, of what this show could be. Okay. And right away, I really visualized every character. I saw them very clearly. I saw this world. I saw this world of like second chances and just really defeated people um, who are all uh, looking to just sort of form this bond with other people who are also defeated <laughs> and who accept their flaws. And it feels like just this great ragtag bunch of people who need to prove something, that they can accomplish something. And uh, so, yeah, when I read the script by Dan Harmon, I was just I was just blown away by it because for a pilot and for a 22 in 22 minutes, I just felt like it was so full, it was so
1: complete. It, it was really so full. Was. Yeah.
0: Jokes and also just really good character, heartfelt moments. And yeah. especially my character, when I read as soon as I read Abed's character, I was like, wow, literally he was asked what time it is. And next thing you know, he told uh, Jeff Winger, a uh, character played by Joe McHale, everything about his life, about how his father hates America, but not America. You know, how his father left uh, his wife or uh, how his whole family split up and um, how he's he just obsessed with pop culture. And this is everything just kind of spewed out of his mouth. Um, and then, of course, one of my favorite beats is at the end of the pilot when, um, you know, everyone is is making these uh, communicating non-verbally. And Abed completely thinks he's going deaf. And I just thought this is just going to be one of the most fun characters ever to play.
1: Yeah, it's fair to say as actors that there are a certain number of jobs that we do that, you know, you get excited about after the fact. And you sort of and and because even a project that, you know, a viewer might watch and say, wow, this really doesn't succeed for multiple reasons or this kind of works, but I didn't like it or whatever. I think you and i are very similar in that when we commit to something and we're doing a job you fall in love with the people that you work with and you really want it to succeed and you start to maybe coax yourself into believing that it's good and then and i will do that all the way up through like a screening through like and i'll tell everyone how great it is and then someone who has the same taste as me will see it who had nothing to do with it and think i'm crazy (laughs) But this is not that this this, you, this is a show that you could actually feel a hundred percent committed to on every level for the right reasons from the very beginning <laughs>
0: yes uh, yeah it is it is a relief. I think you do fall you fall in, you tend to fall in love with things as as an actor, and I think you kind of have to yeah. you have to sort of fall in love with the role you 're playing, the people you 're around the world you 're creating just to make everything better, otherwise if you you know work a sixteen hour day and and you hate what you're doing, uh, you know, it's just going to make everything a little bit more difficult. And it's hard to really be fully invested. Uh, But yeah, there's been plenty of times where I was in a play or something. And I was like, Oh, that was fun. Um, I did a bunch of theater in the Northwoods, Wisconsin. And I I mean, I could say that whole experience, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how how successful that was, even though (laughs) ultimately, as a person, I think it was a really good experience. But I remember leaving there uh, and talking about something. And I think my brother was like, why did you do that? There was nothing oh, no. <laughs> And, you know, there's was, there was just certain things like that where you're like, oh, yeah, you know what? I, these aren't necessarily successes in the way you think they are in right. terms of like, you know, oh, maybe it's not the greatest play or right. maybe that wasn't the best, the best character choice. Right. But you learn other things about it, you know, and hopefully, you know, um, you don't have too many of those experiences. But, yeah, yeah I'm definitely lucky with Community because it's overall – a great a great experience yeah.
1: yeah how many times let me ask you this have yeah. you played a character named sanjay
0: it's right now this is actually really funny i have played four different sanjay's and i literally just auditioned for a fifth sanjay yesterday okay 85 so, percent of my auditions are sanjay
1: let, and so let me ask you this and and this is not maybe as expertly craft of, uh, crafted of a question as i would like i can't even say the word crafted so that's not a good start
0: Crafted.
1: What? Thank you.
0: Yeah, this is my impression of Chevy Chase.
1: Oh, very nice. Thank I w- you. I won't ask you to do impressions of <laughs> everyone. In fact, I don't think I've asked you to do an impression of anyone. You've just volunteered them. I hey, appreciate you're welcome,
0: that. United States of America.
1: Uh, the tally right now is Danny's mom, check, yep. and Chevy Chase, check. Um, here's what I'm. Here's what I'm go- Where I'm going with this, and maybe you've answered questions like this before, um, but without getting too terribly serious. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a Caucasian lady.
0: Oh, congratulations! I don't thank
1: you. I just found that out. Actually, I've had the tests and they've come back positive. Um, I don't ever. I mean, I don't get a breakdown, and the breakdown being a description of a character that you're about to audition for. Um, it's not always named Rebecca or <laughs> Sandy, and and so I, and I feel like there's there are certain Uh-oh. limitations placed on me um, as far as typecasting goes. But you have, you have such a healthy, great sense of humor about it, and I guess there's no point in feeling another way necessarily. Yeah, I'm not caged But, but by what Sanjay. is that? Yeah, but I mean, but but like, you know what I'm asking, yeah. like Sanjay, ty- typecasting or or being sort of. Like, how often do you get the opportunity to audition for something that has absolutely no base in ethnicity, that it's just a person?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think most of my auditions have some basis in ethnicity. And I, I think that, you know, there is a certain...
1: Um, not to say that races shouldn't be represented adequately. Yeah. Like, it's not that, you know, it should be blind casting all the yeah, time. I
0: mean, but. my character in Community is half-Palestinian, half-Caucasian. We, this uh, last year, uh, discovered he was half-Polish, so... Uh, Gratulacje, jestem z and um What a
1: coincidence. Yeah.
0: I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Your mom, can you believe it? <laughs> yes, Danny I can. Check. <sighs> um I I think most of the time there's this sense or this I think people feel a need to sort of label a character. And I get it, you know, because I am half Polish and half Indian. So it's not like, uh, you know, 250 million Americans are like me. Uh, and so on television, I think there is probably, um, you know, there's it's been rare to see someone, um, you know, uh, of my, I guess, ethnic makeup. Um, so I think there has to be sort of um, – I feel like people feel like there needs to be an explanation for why that right. character exists. Right. And I right. think Sanjay is an easy way to sort of be like, Oh, I get it. This character is Indian, you know, and it's a very, very Indian sounding name, you know, uh, even though I'm really trying to push J.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Let's make J. Yeah. The new
0: Sanjay. And in
1: fairness, I think you've played at least one Raj.
0: I've played one Raj, uh, four Sanjays, Mahir, Arash, Abed uh, Safa. That was a good one. Oh. Um, I'm trying to think. And a Josh. <laughs>
1: See? There we go. Yeah, who was we a hot dog. in the Josh. Yeah, he was a
0: hot dog uh, stand attendant, which was uh, near and dear to my heart. But, um, you know, I'm okay with it uh, as long as the roles aren't really, really over the top, beating over the top and, um, and you, know, like, you know, full of things that are just not really representative of the Indian population. And for me, I am not your typical Indian. You know, I didn't grow up uh, speaking Hindi or Telugu or any, any Indian language. I just grew up speaking Polish. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it would be even more difficult for me if they were expecting me to be like, like now tell us about the Indian American experience. Right. Um, for me, it's just about a very strange experience where I'm fascinated by fake mustaches and, you know, uh, random relatives and that kind of thing. Production of The Sound of Young America is supported in part by Ask Metafilter thousands of life's little questions answered online at ask.metafilter.com. The Sound of Young America is supported in part by VG Kids, printers of t-shirts and other merchandise for touring bands, radio stations, websites, festivals, derby girls, record labels, national brands, and all the rabble rousers, hackers, and entrepreneurs in between. Online at vgkids.com.
1: Hey, it's The Sound of Young America, and I'm Janet Varney, filling in for Papa Jesse Thorne. My guest is Danny Pudi. You probably know him best for his role as Ovid on NBC's Community. It's impossible for me not to ask things like, what was your childhood like, even though that's such a broad question. But I think, get because I want to kind of get into, again, we've sort of teased this idea of improv, Um but I feel like it helps to know how you were treated as a kid and whether or not you were popular or whether you. I know you're a huge sports fan. Did you play a lot of sports? Did you.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you guys can't see this, but I'm uh, approximately six foot, um, 140 pounds. Okay. When are you going to get fat? That's the thing. And I've been, like, sort of uh, fragile lanky, a little awkward shaped my entire life. So that bodes really well when you go to an all boys high school. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, um, you know, but I was always, you know, um, really into sports and, you know, I had a great childhood. You know, a lot of friends had good friends, you know. And uh, but the one thing I think I realized pretty early on is like, oh, yeah, we're going to we're not going to be a professional athlete any day, um, you know. I broke my collarbone in playing football in high school, and but and that you kind played of
1: thing. football. I mean,
0: I yeah, like, it was about you... two weeks. It was a okay. great experience. Uh, <laughs> I decided to run, and so I've been a runner ever since, which I yeah. love to do. I ran track and field in high school, and um, I think growing up, um, overall, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, and then northwest side of Chicago is where my family currently lives, and um it, it was a, It was a really exciting and um you know kind of absurd childhood because um, I grew up with my mom and my grandparents speaking polish and they didn 't speak any english and so every day was really sort of an adventure you know I would go to school uh, I went to Catholic school, uh, which was great, and we 'd go to church every day and I was an altar boy, and I saw a lot of strange things and <laughs> And then I would come home and my grandparents would make me uh, soup and, and a lot of Polish food. Uh, and then we'd have all kinds of strange relatives visiting at any moment because we were like, sort of like the first family in America. And a lot of people would come and oh, we'd be yeah. the home base, you know. So, like, when Vujek or any kind of uncle or aunt that's not really your uncle aunt comes to America, they stay with us for a week to get settled in and figure things out. Yeah. Uh, so you'd be sharing your bed with random relatives all the time, and you'd be like, who are these people? You and know? how many
1: siblings do you have? I have an older
0: brother and a younger sister. I'm the middle yeah. child. Yeah. Um, but it was all, it was a very, like, um, it was very creative. It was good for creativity because my family always encouraged the arts, which I'm lucky – um, and so my mom would force me to dance, would force me to t- uh, take piano lessons. and
1: I love that you started well, out with they encouraged creativity in the arts and then it turned into my
0: mom forced me yeah. <laughs> to dance yeah encourage and, and force yeah. are very closely related yeah. uh, you know I, I learned to appreciate it and at the time though it was you know it was rough because I was uh you know i don't look Polish and I grew up in a very Polish neighborhood mm-hmm. in Chicago and so you know um I was always like the one kid who had to sort of explain why he's there your purpose and as a, as a kid that's that's kind of tricky because you're searching for identity and one of the biggest things you want to do is just blend in sure um, but when people are constantly like what You you're brown. What are you What are you doing here? How do you speak Polish? And I'd be like, Well, my dad's from India, and you know he's got a big mustache like you do, and your dad. So we're (laughs) we're both on the same page. You know. You never
1: said I'm an actor researching a role.
0: (laughs) I'm getting this. Yeah, this is my method approach. I'm
1: I'm undercover busting a a, a drug ring.
0: As an eight year old, I'm an an undercover polka ring. Yeah. Um, Now I. uh, so th- that was something that I was always aware of, you know, mm-hmm. comedically. And so uh, just because whenever I would tell people uh, my last name is Pooty, you know, um, but my first name is Daniel and I'm named after a Polish Christian rock singer, um, immediately most people's response is like <laughs> – seriously what <laughs> you know and i think that you know i didn't realize this was sort of funny or anything It just just kind of was what it was you know i'd go home we'd speak polish and um you You'd know listen
1: to the polish christian we, rock singer we'd what? listen to
0: daniel and daniel that uh, is
1: what's his last name or just he he's a one name or he's,
0: he's like he's a prince he's a prince yeah he's yeah. daniel um and um you know I, we would watch tv and my my grandma was uh, like really into tv and stuff and um she would uh, watch TV with me, which was great, but she didn't speak any English, so I'd have to translate stuff for her, which was really fun because she like loved like the Love Boat. Oh. T.J. Hooker was like her favorite show, and so I would I would be translating episodes of like the Love Boat and T.J. Hooker to my grandma oh. from like English to Polish, and uh, everything turned into like just a really weird comedy. It, everything turned into Mon- Monty Python when I would explain any kind of drama uh, to. To my grandma about what was happening with William Shatner. Um,
1: and you had an awareness of that comedy even as a child. You were like, you know what? This is absurd. This is
0: really absurd. I think it was just a very colorful kind of upbringing. And I think TV at that time was also very colorful. Yeah. You know, um, Saturday morning cartoons and, uh, you know, all those great sitcoms, um, you know, back in the day. And I was obsessed with Monty Python and Saturday Night Live as a kid. Didn't get it, but I remember just trying so hard to stay awake on Saturday nights to watch it with my older brother who did get it and I would laugh watching him laugh. Oh, you know, it was that kind of that. thing where I was like, I don't know what's going on right now, but they seem like we're we seem like we're getting in trouble and I kinda like it.
1: Oh, that's great. It's
0: that kind of thing, yeah. you know. And I remember watching Monty Python and it was sort of like my family. It was like it was just very absurd people taking themselves very seriously, mm-hmm. but then doing very like absurd things. You watch Holy grail and it, they're taking themselves so seriously, but they're using a coconut, uh, to simulate the sound of a horse. And I just thought that that was kind of like my upbringing, like everyone taking themselves real seriously, um, which they have to as immigrants coming to America, you know, the first thing you want to do is kind of just get settled in and sure. And, and, you know, um, kind of, you know, Build, build a little empire, and so. But at the same time, you can't help but acknowledge that there's 50 of us living in the same house. We're brown, but we're Polish, and everyone has giant mustaches. Don't do not Esta, la biblioteca, me llamo t la araña discoteca. Discoteca, moneca, la biblioteca. Es un bigote grande, pero manteca. Manteca, bigote, gigante, pequeño. Cabeza es mi Cerveza es bueno. Buenos días, me gusta papas días. Bigote de la cabra. días. Yeah, bui,
1: bui. Yes. What? That was Danny Pudi alongside Donald Glover on NBC's Community. It's the sound of young America, and Janet Varney in for Jesse Thorne. Danny Pudi is my guest. You mentioned um, loving SNL and Monty Python yeah. when you were younger. Do you remember when your first exposure to improv was? And you were in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like I always think, you know, for me growing up in Tucson, improv was not part of a, a collective yeah. conscious that i think it, it has the benefit of being in toronto or, or chicago yeah. a place where where there's incredible incredible resources for improv i mean i watched whose line is it anyway and i thought right. that that was the most crazy out there <laughs> yeah. amazing art i'd ever seen but what was it like for you being in chicago and when do you, when did you first get exposed to it
0: you know, I wasn't, uh, Chicago obviously, it's the home of Second City and, um, Improv Olympic and, um, it, it's, it's just such an amazing, I think, training ground and, um, they've done such a great job of making improv its own art, um. I wasn't really aware of that growing up You know, Mm -hmm. I grew up sort of a sheltered, like, immigrant life You know, Mm -hmm. where we literally go to Polish dancing My mom would put me in plays I was, like, in Sound of Music And things like that, you know Uh, And so I wasn't really aware of it um, You know, until probably, like, you know um, college Is when I really started To kind of Become a little bit More aware of it I But went to, you
1: went to Marquette Right I went to Marquette so University actually had to Leave Chicago To yeah. become acquainted it, With improv That's exactly
0: Which kind of makes sense uh, For my life <laughs> I, I constantly have to Leave things And, and then realize They're valuable um, It's uh, So I went to Marquette Where Chris Farley Went uh, to school And I won a scholarship There And uh, in honor of his name um, You know They established The scholarship um, Based on using humor In a positive manner and um, how did
1: you qualify? I think and- you
0: had to be uh, nominated by the theater department. And then we had to like put together a little video and I think I sang a Polish song um, and completely didn't know what I was supposed to do. Um, and it ended up working out great. Uh, I've actually, you know, um, since re- like reconnected with the Farley brothers and we've yeah. performed some improv shows together. So it's been really cool. But uh, that really sort of, um, you know, was the kick in the butt I needed in terms of like, okay, it's not just about being funny. You, you have to actually study this. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's a way of actually, um, you know, kind of figuring out how to get better in terms of the comedy muscle. And that's what led me to Second City to study there. Um, and I finished the conservatory program there. And I think being there was a really magical time in my life um, in terms of being an artist because it was like two and a half to three years in Chicago where I literally just lived comedy. You know, I would take classes and then watch my teachers perform at night. And then I was also performing with a group called Stir Friday Night, uh, which is an Asian-American comedy troupe um playing a lot of Sanjay's Uh (laughs) yep working my Sanjay muscle and um it was just a a really like special time for me because I was just living comedy in a in a setting in Chicago which I think is perfect for that because the audiences want it they really respond to it um it's cold (laughs) which I think just for whatever reason I think it's just good for comedy a little bit more on anything any add any uncomfortable element I always think it's pretty good And, um, it was just so inspiring. And I remember watching a show at second city around those days, which is the first time I saw a show at second city, uh, was not until I graduated college. Um, and, um, they do a sketch show, which is all sketch comedy. And then at the end of the sketch show, they'll do an uh, improvised segment. And um, they'll improvise, hoping that some of the improvisation leads to future sketches. You know? mm-hmm. And I remember watching the sketch show and just being blown away. I thought it was great. It was really irreverent, political. It was, um, had some just great absurd characters. Super fun. It's like watching Saturday Night Live or Monty Python's Flying Circus Live. You know? Yeah. Um, And then at the end, there was this improv show that was, um, you know, completely unexpected. They used audience suggestions. And um, it was just so wonderful to watch. And also, so uh, it was a revelation to me to be like, oh, okay, so the improvisation is not just them being wacky on stage there's a purpose to it they're using it to craft another show or develop characters
1: right it's a very specific type of improv and I think some people think of improvisation as maybe short form which short form uh, for those of you who don't know would be more kind of game stuff like going to who's you know seeing whose line is it anyway where it's it's a series of kind of setups and punch lines a little bit more fast-paced maybe more like seeing stand-up where you've kind of got the payoff of the laugh all the time and then you have long-form improv which is is, um, more scene based and more character based and there are a lot of different schools in terms of how to approach that that long form but uh, especially if you're working towards building a sketch out of it I think that You know, sometimes improv seems better than it is because you've got that live crackly energy of everybody understands this is being made up on the spot. So maybe there's an element of forgiveness that's happening. You're laughing. You're giving laughs easier, giving them up faster and more generously. Um, And you're also the and and then, of course, the team is feeding off of each other and, and that spontaneity. And I feel like you might come away from that with a tape of that show thinking, oh my gosh, so many great <laughs> ideas came out of that. Right. And then if you really were forced to kind of sit down and try to build a sketch around some of that stuff, it might not work because that energy is so of the moment. Right. And if you're really great and you can build and develop sketches out of this amazing improv muscle you've, you've cultivated, that's a huge success
0: yeah right? yeah i I think so. I think that's why it's very difficult to see any improv on television. It hasn't really made that transition, but I think it's still so useful in in many other moments. you know I think that there's still something to be said about um, improvising or ad libbing uh, as your character in yeah. in something
1: you and know? you and Donald do that a lot of people talk about specifically your dynamic, the two of you yeah. Getting the opportunity to do that
0: that's that's something that we have a really fun time with at the end of our show we get to do these little tags that are about 30 seconds 40 seconds and uh donald glover who is uh, an amazing amazing comedian brilliant comedic mind and uh i wish i was half as smart as him he and i do these bits and it's great and um it's fun because we get like an idea or a concept and and sometimes they're really they're fully fleshed out other times it's it's just an idea and they're like here we have this thing we want you to be bert and ernie Go and we'll just kind of, you know, we'll come up with something. And that's just fun just to force yourself to create, you know, and yeah. know that you can do it. You know, something will come of it. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, we have such a good creative team and directors and producers who eventually will form something or mold something that makes sense. Right. Uh, if it was up to us, it might be funny, but I don't know how much sense it would make. <laughs> Which to me, that I—that's if I could do that, uh, that's fine with me because I like when things don't make sense. Attention, students. This is Abed and the Disco Spider here at Greendale. 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 Say what? A few quick announcements. Announcement number one: All announcements will be cool starting right now. Announcement number two: Butt soup. Announcement number three: I am not Haji from Johnny Quest. Jeff Winger. On security news, you guys got to start locking the dean's door so guys like us don't get in. Hey!
1: Well, I just want to thank you so much for agreeing to do this and uh, sharing a little more of yourself with the listeners.
0: Thank you, Janet. I enjoyed myself.
1: Danny Pudi is a fantastic actor. You can watch him weekly on NBC's Community. You can also follow him on Twitter. He's at at Danny Pootie. That's D-A-N-N-Y-P-U-D-I. Well, everybody, that is it for The Sound of Young America this week. I've been your host, Janet Varney. I can't believe I got asked to do this. I feel like I've gotten away with something, but I have to tell you, it was an absolute joy. Thank you so much to Jesse and to the rest of the gang at Maximum Fun and at Sound of Young America. Uh, That includes our producer, Julia Smith. Our editor is Nick White. Our music is by Dan Wally. And you can find us online at MaximumFun.org where you can find past episodes of this show as well as several other awesome programs such as Jordan Jesse Go, Judge John Hodgman and My Brother, My Brother and Me. Thanks again for listening. That's it for The Sound.